You're listening to Damage at the Dish, the podcast about data-driven hitting and data-driven baseball in general, with Nate Pearson and Ryan Johansson. Damage the Dish is brought to you by Great Lakes Bat Company, the quality maker of custom wooden bats and the industry's leader in personalized bat fitting. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Damage the Dish, Season 2, Episode 9. Um, good morning. It's Thursday. Got myself, Nate Pearson, Ryan Johansson. Ryan, what's going on, man? We're living it, man. We're living it. We're another day in quarantine, another day recording another podcast. We're, uh, we're out here. We're working. That, uh... That made me think of, I'm a huge um, Alaskan bush people fan, and they're always like, another day great in the bush, another day in quarantine. Now I feel like the bush people, so that made me happy. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. um, (laughs) Good people. That's right. Um, So what do we got on the docket today? You know, I got the invisible ball drill. Is that what we're going to talk about? The invisible ball drill. That, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny. We always talk about like, hey, what are we going to talk about today? Like right before we talk about it, and I always forget like right away. That's uh, right. It's always like a giant question like at the beginning of our show. So I apologize. It's not like by design. It's like we talk about so many different things. I'm just forgetting what today's is going to be. That, uh, that drill brought but, me uh, back, or that video you sent me brought me back to some good, yeah. good, funny times. So here's here's the premise of the video. Uh, it's a comedian. He's on Conan. And he's talking about his daughter uh, playing softball, doing an invisible ball drill. He makes a big deal about the fact that they don't have the ball. And, like, you know, you know, the coach says, all right, like, run around first, run around in second. Like, like, takes, like, takes his fungal out, like, has an invisible, like, you know, invisible ball. Third baseman fields it perfectly. Uh, steps on third, throws the second, throws around. He's like, yeah, triple play, yay! <laughs> like, on the sidelines, like, ah, I don't I haven't seen too many triple plays in my life. But, like, yeah, sure, these 11-year-olds got it. Um, and, uh, then he's like, okay, so then, you know, he's like, base is loaded, and he goes and he hits the fly ball, the, whatever her name was, I forgot the name, uh, she's playing center field, and hits it over, you know, just, just the same thing, visible ball, takes a swing, like an uppercut, like trying to hit a fly ball center, and she turns her back, and he's like, base is loaded, whatever, she turns around, she starts running towards the fence, and then watches the ball go over the fence. And I, I was dying laughing, and he's like, he's all mad. He's like, who fails in their own imagination? <laughs> like, and, and so it brought me back to uh, when we used to do the invisible ball drill uh, at our at our high school. You said you used to do it. You're at school too, right? Oh yeah. So we did it for infielders, and we, it was part of our daily routine. Like we did this every day. We played without a baseball outside after we've been stuck indoors for months, and we finally get outside. <laughs> we don't get out of the ball. Like. It was outrageous. I and mean, this is like part of a progression. We ended up going into regular ground balls, things like that too. But like, it was it was always funny because we break down where like we'd have the middle infielders, right? And you know we'd take turns going from the middle, then second, then short. We all just kind of like had to like learn all the footwork and all the moves and all that stuff for for both sides. And when you weren't up, you were in the middle, and you would point. You'd use your finger, and it was just random, and you'd like point to like the left or point to the right, and the player would have to move and field it the way that his imagination, I guess, took him that way. And, of course, you know, I got bored of this pretty quickly, so I was doing things like trying to make diving plays and getting up on my knees and throwing. And I remember I got reamed out one time because there was a ball to my left at the middle playing short, and I, like, flipped it with my glove through my legs. And, like, there's no ball, so it's a perfect feed. It was an unbelievable play. <laughs> it was the best play. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the best play I ever made. And uh, I'm like, I was like, yeah, I'm like, stop it, take it seriously. I'm like, 
He's like, you know, we don't have time. Every wasted rep. I'm like, well, if we didn't do, you know, bunk coverages for, for the one time we had to defend it in 35 games, you know, maybe we'd have a little more time to have a little more fun. You know, exactly. but, uh, no, that's a whole other conversation. Our first and thirds for nine hours. Right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, it just brought me back to, uh, and then, oh, I'll never forget this. Like, I remember I threw a ball from, like, shortstop one time, and I, like, did, like, a hop, like, somebody, like, slid into me, and I, like, you know, was trying to, like, get out of the way, and it was, there's no ball again. And the first baseman picked it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Zach, it was a perfect throw to your chest. Like, what are you doing picking it? You just got hit in the face. Like, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, or you're, like, you're playing short or second. You're like, oh, this guy, he never gives me good feet. And you're, like, diving to the left to try to make, like, a spin, like, hold the bag, catch the ball, spin and throw it first. Like, just being chaos. Like, what are we doing? There's no baseball. Right. Like, can we please, can we please include the ball back in? What are, uh, what are your invisible ball stories? Yeah, we would, like... We would do like infield work like that, and we would crush. We would do like drill work, so like the classic, like individual, you know, like the you're on your knees, you do like two year backhand, forehand, then you stand up and do it. We would like rep it out with the invisible ball before we did the real drills. So like, yeah, dude, it was like, and then if you have a, if you have a good partner, like your partner with like a buddy, you're like, you know, ah, in between your legs, or you know, you're like whipping the invisible ball at each other. Like it was just chaos. But the more I think about it now, like the last 10 minutes I was just thinking about it now like have you ever like every sports movie they do like the invisible ball drill like basketball movies like be the ball you know and they like don't play with the ball so I'm assuming they just like well they did it in like Hoosiers they did it in Coach Carter I'm sure we know it should be for us it should work like <laughs> chaos yeah I mean it's I get it to a point of you know you're trying to learn the footwork you're trying to get the visualization if anything, I think it's better for the crazy plays so you can visualize, like, what you want to do and, like, where you want to put your body and, like, what's going to happen. Then you incorporate the ball and you've already kind of, like, developed some of those patterns. Um, but you don't have to do it, like, every single day. Right. Like, it's just, like, too it's just like too much for the amount of time that we did it. And then, like, they would, like, forget we were doing it. And be like, oh, 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 like, sorry, you guys have been doing invisible ball drill for 30 minutes. We were talking in the dugout. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> not to, uh, um, I mean, not to get into bunk coverage. Yeah, can we play? Can we play baseball now? Right, not to get into bunk coverage. Oh. That's different talk. But I remember being like my full conditioning. I think I was in the best shape of my life because I ran the wheel five hundred times. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The, uh, the and then like um, the fake one two where the second baseman comes in. You got to just like do the half sprint and cut in front of the cut in front of the the runner, that's get right. him to break, and then second baseman comes over and tries to get the sneak pick because that play never works on that. Yeah, it's never um, worked in the history of baseball. <laughs> We had a crazy but, uh, one where, sorry, now I'm going to get on topic. We had a crazy one where, <laughs> um, I, like, I would I played short. So, like, there was a, we had a bunk coverage where I would just sprint at the batter. It was what? the, yeah, like, they would be like, bond, like, play five. And I ran, like, a six, seven in, in, you know, in my days. So, I would haul towards home plate from shortstop and, like, Dude, please don't pull back. I'm going to lose my life. Like, I remember we did it one time, and luckily the ball's, like, in the dirt, and the kid, like, pulled back. And I remember being so scared because, like, you know, if you don't do it, I'm going to get screamed at or ripped apart. So I remember, like, sprinting, dude, like, full on to home plate from shortstop, and the kid, like, pulled back, thank God, because I would have died. If he hit, like, a nice slash at me out with the Beezer, I would have lost my face. We were, uh, we were at South Elgin one time. And we were in one of our bunk coverages, and so I was cheating over to, like, I was playing second at the time. 
and uh, I was cheating over, I think it was a junior, this, I think it was a junior, um, was cheating over to, to cover first, because that was my responsibility on this particular bump coverage, and I got moved over, like, way over towards, like, second base, like, way up the middle, and the guy laid down a bunt, and um, I didn't, like, make it to first base, I, like, tied the runner to, like, first base, because I was, like, keeping the hole up towards second, like, exactly where I was put, and then, like, I came in the dugout and I was like, you got to be there. How are you not there? Like, because you moved me over. Like, <laughs> I was going to be there. Like, I like we were in that bunk coverage and you were, somebody else moved me. I don't, I don't think it was the same coach who yelled at me, but I remember being like, okay, like, is this dumb? Why am I being yelled at for this? Right. You literally have to cheat over. It's part of the, it's part of the thing. Yeah. Like, otherwise you're not, like, you have no shot. That if the ball's in the third base side, yeah. Like, you can lead... <laughs> If, you're, if the ball's on the right side of the field and it's like a short throw, you can lead the guy to the back. But when you're throwing it across the diamond, like, you're not, like, you're expecting you guys to be quarterbacks and wide receivers and have the perfect timing play to, like, catch and grab. Like, that guy misses the ball, goes in the right field, or if you're not used to leading a guy, you're throwing it behind him in the right field. Like, yeah, it's a tough play. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to cheat over and be ready to be waiting for it. So that was, uh, that was interesting. I, I randomly, like, think about that occasionally. I'm like, I, um, I'm, I didn't like that at all. But uh, it's part of it, man. It's, Right. Part of, so what happens you, when you, you get older? You, you have crazy stories yeah, about bunk coverages. Well, not, yeah, and it's tough too because like now you yell at a kid for that, and it's like they go cry, and you know, and then the coach emails the mom, or the, I'm sorry, the mom emails the coach, and it's like, hey, you know, my son was actually in position, and you moved <laughs> him over, and you yelled at him. So uh, I, we want we want to try to get you fired. Like, I love emails. No, no, it's fine. It's okay. Like coaches make mistakes too. They spell your name wrong in the back of your jersey sometimes. It's all right. <laughs> That one. happened to me too. <laughs> Talked about that I think last last season. People spell my name wrong all the time, like in the workplace, like where they easily have access to like. It's a fancy way to say up, Johnson. Like, that's why. Exactly. I guess. Yeah. You're a rich. Sure. You're a rich yeah. Johnson. <laughs> I get Ron, I get Ron Johnson a lot, like on the phone, like when people are like the telemarketers. Um, hello, is this Mister Ron Ron Johnson? No, wrong number. Like, <laughs> But, uh, but no, yeah, so going back to the invisible ball drill, what are some other drills that, like, were, like, total, like, you look back and you're, and you're like, hey, like, I can maybe see the value for, like, five minutes, but we did this stuff way too often. Uh, every first and third play ever? Right, yeah. I'm talking, like, drill work, though. Like, drill development, like, not play development. So we would do, now I kind of see the benefit of it because I was, like, because now, you know, getting in, like, the coaching world and being in it for a while. We did this thing in college where it was, like, it was, there were weighted bats, but they were, like, they were massive weighted bats with, like, um, you could screw on the washers to, like, change the weights, but they were, like, these massive wooden bats. And we would hit, like, yeah, these, like the band program or whatever Yeah, called. and we would hit, like, these ballistic balls, but we had to go as fast as we could. So, like... You had, you had, so you had a you know I remember you're, that. you're on the you're on the tee and like you had a partner and there was yeah. like ten balls and the minute you made yep. contact you had your partner had to put the ball back on the tee and you had a swing right when the ball was on it so dude we were just were taking terrible hacks like but it was like it's good it's a good workout you're getting your bat speed but it's like dude my swings were so bad like I was like I was crushing the tee half the time because like you know you're trying to go as fast as you could and these bats are like crazy like they were insanely heavy. But now I get it because, like, you know, you're trying to do, like, you know, way the bats do work, 100%, like, advocate for that. But that was, like, a, the craziest yeah, drill, dude. 
Yeah, I think it's funny. Like, when you talk about, like, rapid fire and stuff like that, like, and even especially if you're swinging something heavy, like, and you're not allowing your body to, like, the ATP to, like, get back up. And, right. Um, like, you're basically just cardio. Like, you're not you're not developing power there because every swing is slower. So, yeah, because I remember being like, gassed like, after. Doing, yeah, like, it's, it's a cardio workout. Like, if you're doing weighted that, <laughs> you have to have a break in between to have it be effective. And I remember that. It was not called the BAM program. You're right. There was the ballistic program. It was ballistic. ballistic yeah, ballistic. Yeah, and it was like uh, yeah, those giant those giant heavy bats, and then you had those red like heavy balls that were like they were like almost like hard. Yeah, they right? were like they were like um like they the plow balls, but they were supposed to be like heavier too. So you're hitting like a heavier ball with a heavier bat, and the right. idea was like stay through it. Which I mean, you're right. I agree with you. I think conceptually, like they were like getting onto something, which we've just made it way better with you know actually trying to understand like why it works, you know, but. Yeah, any kind of rapid fire drills, like you are wasting your time, and you start adding like, like weight components to that, <laughs> you're just gonna like every you're just teaching your body to go slow. Dude, it was right? yeah, it was hilarious because you'd have, you know, we'd have we had two you know massive cages in the gym, and then we had you know you put ten T's in each cage, so you got like twenty guys, dude, and we're just like rapid firing these ballistic balls into the net, dude, and guys are just like gasping for air, and guys are cracking up because like you know someone's crying because someone like got their hand you know, hit by a bat because, like, you know, because, you know, we didn't get out of the way enough for the, or, you know, you missed the ball because you didn't put on a T fast enough and then we're getting yelled at because we ruined the drill and it was, yeah, dude, it was just, man. I look yeah, back, I just laugh, dude. Bad. It's so yeah. funny, man. Like, because in, in the moment you think, like, dude, this is, you know, I'm in, dude. This is, like, this is working, you know, you, got, you, know, you like, laugh and you look back and it's just, like, dude, we just, like, it's comical. Yeah. Um, we used to hit birdies in the mezzanine, like up a like basically we were our cage was at our school in high school. Um, we used to hit birdies and um, like badminton, like one thing, yeah, like badminton birdies. And it was funny because all the messages were like short, like stay short, uh, like you know, get on top of the ball, things like that. But then we would be floating these birdies and that would create these big long loopy swings. You probably um, crush a birdie with a bat. Yeah, for sure. And the uh, idea was like this is for off speed pitches. So like we like basically like if you like on any other drill, it was like down, short, like knob the ball, chop, and then we'd be like, all right, this is just off speed pitches. And we'd like have to like you can't throw like a birdie straight. You have to like give it an arc, and then it'd be like this big loop, like probably like negative twenty degree incline, if not more. And guys are just getting long and extended. And like at the time, like again, I don't know. Like, that's not how I would have described it. Like, oh yeah, it's just for curveballs. That's why we do it because that's what you know the coach said. Right. Um, looking back, like it just—I don't actually even hate that. Like, I don't hate the concept, but I, the, the fact that it didn't really mesh in with everything else that we were doing, like, it just didn't doesn't really make sense looking back. Um, that's probably a really fun. I think, you know, you on head. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool too. They don't really like go that far. Like, if you hit them, like you feel like you got them all, but then like they like they take off kind of quick, but then they just kind of like. And like fall back, and you can like catch them too. It's like fun to feel them, and, like right? Like, mash. Um, and, uh, how about the one from behind? You ever do the Tony Gwynn one with the ball coming from behind you, and oh. literally they'd be like standing, like be like like a foot, a foot behind where the umpire was, and they'd flip the ball forward. You'd have to hit a ball like towards center field, and the ball's coming from like the catcher's perspective. Oh you yeah, that one. Oof. Yeah, it was uh, and the whole idea was that you're basically ride, you're trying to create lag and you're riding out like and you just end up flicking them like flicking it and if you're hitting whiffles or something like like a tennis ball like like it looks like okay uh, but anytime you're doing baseballs you're just like you have nothing behind it 
And we, or if you're just like in a sock net, like that was like a big thing. We hit him in the sock net. So you couldn't really tell there wasn't anything behind it. Right. Like, yeah, he got that one. <laughs> no, he didn't. We did. Ground ball is short. We did one in high school that, I mean, now it kind of makes sense because we use like the, um, the synaptic glasses. But we would do, we'd wear, we had, we had like a, a streamwood beanie and we had to cover one eye with the beanie. Okay. And then we would sw- okay. and then we'd have to like switch eyes. But I remember being like, "This is so stupid. I need to see the ball." You guys are preaching eye on the ball, and now my eyes are gone. <laughs> I remember being like so mad. <laughs> yeah. But now yeah, it makes I sense. Can see so. that for like head posture and dominant eye stuff. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I think it's funny too. Like you kind of hit it. Like you know, you said it. Like now we're in the coaching world. Like we look at these drills like so much differently. Like some of the ones that I, I really like doing just because it was like activity, right. um, or like it was something I was like able to achieve doesn't necessarily mean it was like productive like looking back on it and then some of the ones that like, i absolutely like hated or wasn't very good at that i wish i would have been better at like now i can look back and be like wow like was like that, that was actually like i get it i understand why that worked right. i think it's funny because you know Devin DeYoung and i um who's uh was supposed to be the uh the bench coach in birmingham this year for the white Sox. We talk about this all the time um and i say supposed to be just because we don't know what's going on uh obviously still is um <laughs> If, uh, assuming everything goes well. But um, him and I talk about this all the time. Like, there's so many coaches that can be unintentionally good. And, like, like the way that, like, we look at people is, like, they have to have, like, all the answers and, like, they want to have this hierarchy. And, like, if you're just, like, humble and you just, like, think about, like, the first principle, like, Chad always talks about, like, you can be unintentionally good. You might not know the exact reason why something works, but you can put together a really good practice plan even, like, even if you just don't know why it works, you just kind of, like, have, like, your, your reasoning could be totally wrong and, like, inaccurate, but the drills could be, like, really productive. No, and on the flip side, you could have, you have all the knowledge under the sun. If your execution sucks, then, like, you could be, like, intentionally, like, unintentionally bad. Like, yeah. hey, like, you know, we talked about weighted bats. Like, well, weighted bats are good, and, like, I know that this is, you know, and you could execute the program wrong, and you can make us slower because you, you didn't, you know, execute it that right way just because you had a, you knew the principle was good. So I think, um, I think it's just really interesting and I think that's been one of my I mean I think about that all the time even when I first started coaching like I think about the old drills that I used to have guys do sometimes and like what like the fact that external cues are just so much more powerful than anything I was doing internally drill wise with them right like hey do this weird thing but and like path was all wrong or you know like movement just was crappy like whatever but the external cue was like, hey, we're trying to double the homers, and weird, they had doubled the homers. Right. Like, so it wasn't the drill that was really doing anything, it was just the fact that I gave them a task that they tried to accomplish. Um, so that was kind of one of those things. I think that happens a lot, and I think it's I think it's more prevalent in softball, um, especially now with what you're seeing, you know, you know where that's, where that's kind of going, the direction of, of the home runs in, in that game and, and things like that. Um, but that's... Uh, I just think that's an interesting topic. Something I think about a lot is like who who are the intentionally good co- or unintentionally like good coaches, and what like what more can we get out of them? Because I think those are some of the guys that have like the highest ceilings, just because there's probably so much more in the tank if they're open minded and humble about it. No, yeah, for sure. And I like for me personally, like the way just the way I like um, think or feel like we obviously like make jokes about these drills and stuff, but like I like to think that. You know they were they were trying to help us. It wasn't just like they were just throwing random stuff at us. I mean, I like to think that um, we, you know, they they were trying to like 
get the best out of us. It was just like they were trying to be creative and like thought this worked and figured this out. Um, you know, their, their intentions were definitely like good in my opinion. Um, oh, absolutely. We, yeah, I don't think I don't think there's a coach in the world that sits and lays in bed, stay awake all night, like, hey, how can I mess this kid up? <laughs> right. No, um, yeah, you, know, sure. I, I th- you know, I think they stay awake and they're like, hey, how can I, you know, utilize, maximize my time? These are the resources I have. This is the budget I have. These are how many kids I have in the team. Um, these are the people who are mad at me. Uh, these are the people who, you know, I can kind of talk to a little bit easier. These are the parents that are breathing on my neck. Like, it's not fun to like. <laughs> it's not fun to deal with all the all the behind the scenes stuff. Like, right. if they're investing in you and they're trying to do that, like they care way more than anybody's ever giving them credit for. Right. Like, I think high school coaches, like they have such a thank bankless job. Like, like they you almost impossible to get anybody happy as a high school coach, and yet they go in, they do it for like very little pay, and you know, sure, there's there's just stuff that we joke around about high school coaches and like their access and things like that. And some you know, so everybody's different, but it's like any it's like any other job. Like there's good coaches in every every facet, and I just think in general rule, high school coaches have a thankless job, and they have a, such a difficult job that they have to wear so many hats for very little money, and they're expected to be perfect by everybody around them. And it's like there's not a coach in the world who's perfect. Right. Like we all make mistakes. They're just trying. They're trying to win games at, in, in a strategy that they think will play, and they're trying to help your kid. And just because you don't agree with it doesn't like doesn't mean you're a bad person. Like you just yeah. have to like. Parents just freak out. Like I can run this team better. Like, but you're not. You're like an insurance agent, and you get <laughs> off where it's six and come to the and come to the game thirty minutes late, and just want to bark about how you know your kid's not not starting, or you know we got taken out in inning too early, or because he's hitting six instead of fifth. Like, like it's different. Like you don't have to deal with that stuff. Right. And you know, it's, I, I don't know, man. Like I think obviously coaching is one of the most. Uh, criticize you know professions and you got to have a thick skin if you want to do it um and you know the it's almost like more criticized the lower levels you are just because there's more people you have to actually answer to once you're at the higher levels it's like very few people you have to answer to there's more people maybe criticizing you you just never actually hear them because they're on their couch going to tv right we did so um, the lower levels like you got 12 parents sitting on the dugout like coming up to you after the game like hey why didn't you why didn't you call a bunt there why why did you call a bunt there where's the hit and run sign like are we gonna have like we practice in the practice why aren't we doing the game like you chill out right <laughs> I remember yeah like I think it was my senior year our coaches I think it might have been the ABCA or they went to some convention and they came back and we had like you know 500 new drills to do because they learned all this stuff and uh some were good some were like you know whatever but we used to do this one we used there was two that were like used to like make me just like laugh dude we used to do one where we put like basketballs on tees and we would just try to hit the crap out of the basketball like we would put it like all the way down the gym and you he'd be like try to hit it like try to hit like the other side of the gym wall and we would just like crush basketballs like terribly <laughs> like you know we'd try to like pipe pop couple basketballs and we would just crush basketballs and then we would do this one where we had a uh, we would be at like first base or third base, and we had to do a full swing and let go of our bat, and it had to hit second base. So they wanted us to be like on a line. And I remember, I think my first swing, I think we were at like third base, and I whipped my bat, and it went over like the left field wall. And I he they I was they were like Pearson, go take a lap. <laughs> like I had to go run and get my bat because I just chucked it over the wall. <laughs> Did not execute the drill well at all, you know, and just whipped my bat. And I think I broke. We broke a couple wooden bats doing that too. So we used to do like in the gym. He'd be like, "Yep, throw your bat." And I like I remember like wooden bat like snapped in half because it just landed wrong. And I remember being like so pissed. 
we uh we did slashing drills in a gym one time and we were all lined up like probably like eight of us and the gym was like split in half and it was the most chaos thing ever because we were like instructed his ball on the ground and i remember we we're like all next to each other so like like literally like the guy who's flipping like you're flipping a real baseball on a gym floor and there's a guy that's like like a right-handed hitter just barely to your left and maybe like you know less than 30 feet away and he's like doing a slash and he's like supposed to just hit it at the ground pound it to the ground like chop it down or do it i don't even remember exactly what it was but due to a full cut drilled one of these guys in the stomach They're like all right drill over like <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible idea <laughs> you put you put everybody next to each other and said take hey, hacks like hope hope it goes on the ground like you could have killed somebody right. right should i get creative as possible um, with the room what's um yeah what's the worst like conditioning thing you ever had to do if it was like punishment or if you thought it, they just thought it was like you know, builds character, it's a good workout. So, I'll tell you the worst one that I do, and then I'll tell you the uh, the worst one that I've heard of. Um, or at least, not the worst one i necessarily heard of, but the worst I've heard from somebody I know personally. Uh, we used to have to do these stairs, and it was like a circuit with like, so we had like the mezzanine, and then we'd do, uh, um, and this was of course after like, like after our like throwing development, so like we always we already had to run poles to like get our lack of the out, and then we have to go do conditioning. I'm like I just ran poles to the 30 minutes, like mm-hmm. but, like I have to go do more conditioning. Right, it's outrageous. That's pitcher's life. Um, yeah, and uh, well, yeah, I mean I was well, basically at that point I was still two way guy, and um, so you had to do that <laughs> double. Yeah, it was chaos. But anyways, we'd run up and down these stairs like. It was X amount of times, and at the bottom you had to do, like, these med ball slams and throws, like, no break, and then, like, you had our coach, like, barking at you to do push-ups, and it was basically this giant, like, um, circuit that felt like it was, like, um, almost like an obstacle course, and it was, like, across, like, then you had to run all the way across the gym, like, baseline to baseline to, like, get to the other set of stairs, and then at the top of the stairs there was, like, another thing, and you had to do it, like, it was, like, set to, like, 15 minutes with, like, no break, and guys were, like, puking, and, like, like don't puke. Like, <laughs> like okay, like we're all gonna throw up and die, but it's fine. Um, that was probably the worst one that, that I've had to do. The worst one I've heard of is what at um, Delaney's got a good story. Um, she used to have to do something called like three the three hundred runs on the football field where they'd have to do like the yards down and back. That's mine. Have to do, <laughs> that's yours. The yeah. It was the yeah, worst. So, so I don't know if you had to do this part of it, but. Uh, she, they used to, if they got like in trouble or disciplined for anything, they had to do what, what was called the detailed run. And they had to pay attention to, they had one, they had to uh, get like the right timing down. And um, like, but at every certain yard line that they would call out, and it was like not the same every time. They had to memorize all the different things they had to do at each different yard line for each, depending on what round they were on. There was like, you know, however many rounds there are in a 300. And it was like, when you get to this yard line, drop and do 10 push-ups, then roll to your left. And, like, a girl would roll to the right. They'd be like, nope, you don't follow the details. Life's about the details. Like, start over. And they'd have to do, like, the whole thing. And they would take them, you know, they'd, be, they'd waste your whole practice, like, doing this. Um, it was just, like, impossible to remember. And they'd be like, yeah, when you guys break the rules, like, you guys don't think about this stuff. Like, like life's about the details. Like, just be punished. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. yeah, that was, um, that was the, I think that's the, the worst, I, yeah, we've ever had to do. We used to do it in high school. We would do like, you would you would do like down and backs. You had to you had to go every five yards down back, down back, down back. Um, and yeah, dude, it was just like I remember being. 
like we were. I was talking about this the other day, and like, um, I think I was wind. I did something simply the other day, and I was like, it was winded, and I'm like, man, I remember dude being like marathon trained in high school, dude. <laughs> so we run so much, dude. Like chaos. Yeah. But the worst I've ever. That was like the worst I've ever done, and then like I think the hardest or like the most like draining. We used to do like um, our uh, fan appreciations. They were called. So you'd start at home plate, and we had banners on the fence, and you'd have to go to home plate and back to each banner. And there was like ten banners, full out sprint, dude. Like that was like that was like punishment though. If you got if you did something stupid, like that was your punishment. It was like fan appreciations. But I remember like, dude, like those were the worst. That that's tough, man. Um, yeah, I think it's funny how, from a conditioning standpoint, like how just the where how far we come from baseball strength and development like you should be like you can't bench press you can't do any of this stuff kind of like we talked about you know with jeff the other day but right how far we've come in understanding like what physical attributes a baseball player needs to have and like running marathons like not one of them <laughs> um <laughs> like uh it's just, it's just kind of it's funny um but uh what else you got for today? That, that kind of morphed. We started with the invisible ball drill and started right. walked just all the way into conditioning. Went down memory um, lane of just doing running yeah, miles. There you go. Absolutely. I will say, like a lot of that dumb stuff just doesn't like. It, one thing I will say about pro ball is like, like you don't see like the punishment runs. You don't see all that stuff. Maybe back in like the old days, but like it's very different. Like these guys talk about their crazy college coaches, and like you get the pro ball, and they're like, dude, like everyone's so cool here. Like nobody yells at me. <laughs> Super like, chill. <laughs> Yeah, um, and definitely there's times where like you know you get your ass chewed out, but it's not like it's not like an everyday occurrence because your your college coach or high school coach just is like trying to be a drill sergeant and like think that that's the only way to like coach. Right. <laughs> kind of funny, but uh, well, cool man. Um, interesting topic for today. Started off with invisible ball drill, went through conditioning, a little down memory lane, like you said. Um, got anything else? Anything else on your mind today? Yesterday, mm-hmm. Wine Wednesday, we thought we uh, talked about Avatar. That was an interesting uh, little little conversation. That was weird. But, yeah, you know, it get weird on here. It's fine. That's right. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, man. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do today. I'm trying to think what my days consist of. I'm, uh, I'm going to work on that project that we got going on. We got a really cool project that we're going to start on Monday. If you're looking for something to do, if you're looking for something for your kid to do, um, if you're a, a baseball dad, player, parent, um, and you want to be a part of this, make sure you follow our social media stuff. It's going to be probably one of the coolest projects I've ever put together. A lot of people are donating their time um, and volunteering their time to uh, put out some really cool content um, and engage with athletes on a, way, on a level where there's actually talking, it's not just videos being shared. Um, they, they can go face-to-face, ask questions with some pretty cool people. Um, so if that's something that uh, you know, you're interested, make sure you shoot me an email, ryan at johansonbaseball.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter, rpj1317. Ask me a DM. Uh, I think my DMs are all open, uh, but if for some reason they're not. Um, just email me, and uh, you should start seeing that stuff start to uh, populate on social media. And if you're part of our email list on um, on our website, if you're not, you can always go to our website. Wait like ten seconds for the prompt to pop up. You can be added to our email list. Get all our emails for our newsletters, um, and go from there. Because what we're trying to do over the next basically two weeks, Chicago's uh, another stay at home for till April thirtieth wouldn't shock me if it even goes past that so we're trying to put out some, some awesome opportunities for our guys it's completely free it's not going to charge not going to cost anything um just trying to make sure we stay engaged with our guys at the facility and anybody else who's kind of stuck at home or doesn't have maybe an opportunity to um to be engaged so uh 
Looking forward to that. No, that's it's gonna, that's gonna be. I gotta make the PDF look pretty. It's gonna be awesome. I'm super excited to be a part of it and do my part and you know give out some good uh, info for these guys. Pumped. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, hey, I'll uh, I'll talk to you later. Um, we'll, we'll catch up tomorrow. We got we need to decide on another topic for tomorrow. If you guys always have ideas, always shoot us over. Um, Love, uh, we tend to go on our tangents and our rants, so if you have like one idea, it'll probably spark into another, uh, kind of like today's did. Um, visual ball drill, oof, uh, don't, don't fail, don't fail in your own imagination, exactly. That's, uh, that's my message. Don't fit, visualize success, it's a good life lesson. <laughs> All right, man. All right guys, appreciate you listening. Have a good day.